0: I'm Tony Val, and this is Hoosier Hometown Heroes. Hello, everybody, and indeed, welcome to another edition of Hoosier Hometown Heroes. We are, of course, sponsored by Prometheus Consulting. It's been an exciting month of May here in good old Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, we're certainly glad to have you with us. If your organization is dealing with people problems, and by that I mean anything from poor communication, lack of customer engagement, bickering and backstabbing staff, or any other behaviors that are hurting your bottom line, I encourage you to invest a little time and listen to what my guest has to say she is a disc specialist and a speaker she is a communications and customer service trainer with trustpoint right here in indianapolis i now welcome to the show amy woodall
1: hello welcome, having, amy. thank you i appreciate you having me
0: oh it's my pleasure um it is as i said it's the month of may are you um are you a race fan do you get out to the track
1: uh, very little, and I've grown up in, in Indianapolis. I've probably can count on one hand how many times I have been to the race. But I like to celebrate.
0: Blasphemy. Yes. Yes. This uh, I've said it on the show before. Uh, this this will be my 29th year in a row. So um, <laughs> exciting. So if I had if I had known earlier um, about your history, I would have strong armed you to come down to the track. I've been there much of the month. Um, at any rate. I'm excited to have you on the show, and I wanna start by focusing on one word from your title, and that is communications. Yes. Communications. You and I had a, a very nice uh, coffee meeting a few weeks ago. I guess to be clear, you were drinking some sort of green health drink that was not <laughs> coffee. It was, uh, I, I didn't even, I can't believe that Starbucks is you know going on a health kick, but at any rate, we had a nice visit and one thing I noticed is about five minutes into the conversation, and we had not really met before other than casually, and that's another story. <laughs>
1: uh, casually offending you. <laughs> right, you,
0: you did offend me, but I get it. We have the same sense of humor. At any rate, within about five minutes of our visit, you started telling me things about myself. You know, you, here's, here's what you like, here's what you don't like, here's how you operate. And you were uh, very accurate. And it, it made me think, um, I, must be, I must be communicating in ways and communicating things about myself without even knowing it. So how, how did you do that? What was going on there?
1: it is uh it is it's fun and it's fascinating it and i've just loved being a student of this as much as I have being a trainer. And and we always, at TrustPoint, you will hear us say repeatedly that people speak in codes, patterns, and filters. And they're telling you who they are. They're telling you what, sh- what they like, what they hate, uh, what motivates them, you know, what's, what excites them with their body language, with their facial expressions, with the words they choose to use, mm-hmm. and how they choose to emphasize those. And so oftentimes we we're not paying attention to those. We, we just tend to look at the world from our own point of view. So yeah, it was a little bit of, um, you know, scoping you out.
0: So it's not only the words I said, but th- something about my body language, maybe how I dressed was, it was giving you a lot of signs.
1: Yes, yes, it, it speaks volumes.
0: Yeah. One thing I learned from you in that, in our meeting, is that it's not necessarily about personalities, it's about behaviors. And I actually took... Um, I, I, that that made me feel pretty good because when I think about personalities, I think my personality is something that is kind of woven into my DNA. I I might not necessarily have a chance to overcome that or change that, but when we're thinking about behaviors, now maybe that's something I can wrap my arms around and actually have a chance of changing for the better. I'm I'm curious to hear from you how does one set about even understanding what their behaviors are, and then how they're affecting their their performance?
1: Uh, we, so I am a disc trainer. A lot of people have heard a disc. A lot of people will say, oh yeah, I've done that. I'm a D, I think. And we have this conversation before, everybody wants to be a D. Um, not all DISC is created equal. Uh, all of it is good in some level, but it's not all created equal. And so um, the first step I think for people is, is having a snapshot of what your behavior is and how you appear to other people. I think that's the real uh, good stuff within extended DISC is it tells you this is how the world sees your behaviors.
0: Hmm, that's a starting point. That's a starting point. And d- does DISC also tell you, here's how you see yourself? Is that an element of some DISC test?
1: In, in some way, so it, it, it. The the specific one that we use, it breaks out two different graphs. And one of them is who you are to the core. You know, who you are even subconsciously. So there might be things that you read and you're like, that's not me. And it really tells us that your self-awareness might not be as high as it possibly could be. Because uh, nine times out of 10, we show the spouse. And the spouse is like, yeah, buddy, that's you. I don't know what to tell you, but (laughs) I hate to break it to you. And then the second graph will show who you think you need to be to be successful. And that can change all the time. I mean, we're ever evolving human beings. Um, One thing that I have found with DISC is that people like to read it and then put it away and they don't put it to use. And that's a big mistake.
0: That's exactly what I did.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're like everybody else. I hate to break it to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Well, so with that in mind, um, Dwayne Weber, your colleague, my friend uh, from Trust Point. Yes. um, He was on the show and as kind of a thank you, he ran me through the extended... DISC profile. And I asked you to have a look at that. So what can you tell me about my own DISC profile?
1: Hmm, I can tell you a lot of stuff. Do you want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly? Let's hear it (laughs) all. Let's hear it all. So I took a quick glance at just even your behavioral patterns. And I wasn't surprised to read this. I mean, I think it's who you come across as. And what Mm -hmm. I saw um, was that who you are to the core is pretty consistent with who you are at work. My guess is the Tony at work is pretty consistent to the Tony at home.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
1: I was able to get that. Now am I completely wrong on that? No, I, <laughs> I think that's probably
0: uh, very accurate. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate.
1: Um, I, I can tell you're a people person and you're motivated by being around people and, and it energizes you to be around people. Is that a, a mm-hmm. fair statement? Yeah. And, and there's lots of people who aren't that way, and so um, you know you'll meet a lot of people who don't like to be around new people, and it's exhausting for them. And unfortunately, what we humans do is we tend to judge that, and we think that there's something wrong with someone else, but it's really not. It's just who we are behaviorally. Um, I also noticed that you're not maybe the aggressive guy who needs to go around beating his chest and and trying to sort of beat people in the heads and you know make sure you are in control at all times.
0: Yeah, that's very true, very true. Now, of course, sometimes, and I was sharing with you before the uh, before the show that I looked at my disc, uh, my my results, and yes, I did. I looked at it. I immediately knew. Wow, this is me. I'm. They nailed me. You know, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And what I found myself kind of struggling with was that, um, you know, there are good aspects of me, and there, there are things that I saw that, wow, I'm I'm glad I'm this way. But those things that, uh, you know, like I'm a low D, and I, I just found myself, and you were sharing with me, this is common. I wanted to be a higher D. Gee, I wish I were a higher D. Does. Do you help people take the DISC profile as a, here's a snapshot of who you are, but can we move, can we grow in areas that we think we need to professionally?
1: Absolutely. Um, DISC is not a measurement of what you can or can't do. Uh, It is a measurement of the energy it takes to do that that specific task. So D, what it measures is um, how we respond to problems and challenges. So the higher the D, you sort of operate from a place of always looking for a problem or challenge to tackle. Uh, And usually those people operate from a very aggressive standpoint and they're, um, you know, they're, competitive even when it might not be necessary. Like I joke that really high Ds will push down five-year-olds at the family reunion (laughs) because they don't care, they're gonna win at all costs. Um, Someone who's a lower D can push themselves to that point if they need to, might be a bit more uncomfortable for them. Um, They could be really good at it, but it will be physically exhausting. Um, mm. Like we were talking about you being a people person, so that's mm-hmm. your high eye, right? That's your influencer, yeah. and that's easy for you. It takes very little energy to do that. Someone who's a lower eye who isn't really people-oriented to push themselves there, like let's say we, we tell somebody, you gotta go to a networking event, and you've gotta be likable, and you've gotta meet a lot of people. They could do it, they could do it pr- pretty well, uh, but they would be physically exhausted. So yeah, we can push ourselves. There is nothing that says this is who you are all the time. It just says this is who you are, what takes the, the least amount of energy.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting, uh, you know, I can, I can think of people that I've uh, come across at net- networking events, and you're right, I am fine at a networking event. It's easy for me, it doesn't take a lot of energy. Um, I can, I've come across people that are there, and are doing what they need to do, but I get the idea this isn't necessarily in their comfort zone, and 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 they're just going through the motions because maybe they're a very disciplined person and they just have to do it, mm-hmm. and they're doing an okay job, but uh, I can see, wow, th- this isn't your natural strength.
1: Yeah, it would take more concentrated effort to do it, and that's just, and on the flip side, um, those people, Oftentimes, tend to have a higher detail orientation. They're higher on their on their how driven they are by tasks rather than people. And so, if we were to shut you in a room with no people, dim lighting, and said we need you to, you know, crunch numbers for eight hours, <laughs> you could do it. It might be your version of hell. You could do it. You might even do it fantastic, a fantastic job at it. But when you leave, you will feel so physically drained. It, it'll be like you ran a marathon. It's just, you know. Where what we would prefer to spend our time doing, it, yeah. it, and how it serves you well.
0: Again, you've kind of nailed me. I, I'm good with numbers. I'm I've always been. I can do numbers in my head very easily, and I'm you know I'm the guy when there's not a calculator around. Someone will say to me, "Hey, you know what's you know what's twenty percent of this or whatever." You know, uh, so you've got me nailed in that respect. However, you're right. If I were sitting in a room doing it eight hours a day. Uh, I'd not only be crunching numbers; I'd be crunching a lot of potato chips, popcorn, <laughs> anything to get me through the misery. Vodka. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, anything to get me through the misery of of doing uh, doing that type of task. It's interesting. And again, this is what you do. You you nail people. It's I can really see there's there's power in this. Um, your description of a high D pushing over a five-year-old made me think of a, of a real-world example that happened to me just the other day. Now, my wife, my lovely wife, uh, to my knowledge, has not been through the DISC profile. Okay. But if I had to guess, I think she's a high D. And here's, here's, a, here's something that really happened. We were, we were going down to the track for uh, qualifications last week we were taking two cars. We have a four year old son and we knew he might kind of melt down, you know, much sooner than I wanted to uh, leave, you know? So we took two cars. The plan was she was going to follow me down to the track and she lasted maybe a quarter of a mile. I could see her behind me and that's all she could stand. She just gunned it after that, just went right on by and, uh, uh, you know, and off she went. And, you know, so so then we, when we got to the track, we had decided to call her. Where are you? Where did you park? All this stuff. And it's so funny. She said to me, uh, I, I said, why did you do that? Well, you know, well, I, she, she said, well, I, I saw that we had to get out of that lane, you know, which... I think that she really believed that, but the <laughs> reality was we just weren't going fast enough as she wanted to go. So true. So she had to get out of the lane like, that's it. Is that kind of a, would you Absolutely. guess she's a high D?
1: High Ds move at a fast pace all the time. They're impatient even when it's not necessary. And I can relate, I'm a very high D, uh, very high I, so I seem nice, right? Uh, but yeah. my husband is the exact opposite. We tend to marry our opposites. We yeah. might've had that conversation before. Yes. Um, he's a very slow paced guy. He's never in a hurry. He always says, what's your rush? And he's a police officer who doesn't speed. I don't understand. How this is possible? <laughs> I am always in a hurry, and and that is a D. I imagine it, when you walk next to your wife, she walks at a fast pace, and oh, it drives it is, me nuts. It really is. It's ingrained in our DNA. And you we can't what, help but behave.
0: You know what she'll do if I speed up a little bit? She'll speed up a little bit <laughs> to just stay a little bit, and she'll and she'll you know turn to me and, and say. Uh, What's the problem? You know, and sometimes, you know, th- of course, this drives me nuts. Sometimes I've been very um, focused on my speed, the relationship. We're walking together, but she's a little further. And I'm very deliberate with myself because I'm running a little scientific test here. Uh, I'm going to speed up a little bit, and that should fill the gap. And then the gap comes again. Now I'm gonna speed up again, (laughs) then the gap comes again. And from her perspective, I don't think she thinks she's sped up. I think she's, it's totally autopilot, like you said, woven into uh, her DNA maybe.
1: So much of it is subconscious. And I think that's where DISC is really fun. Like I said, I have a lot of fun doing it and teaching it and being a student of it uh, as well, is because we do these things and we see it, but we don't recognize that there really is a reason behind it there's a definition behind it and mm. it and it sort of makes those things that frustrate us or that are uncomfortable it makes it easy to talk about and it it's almost laughable because we're sort of like yeah that's true i totally do do that and and there's a lot of other people who do the same
0: yeah that is uh that is interesting and it's it's always strange to me that um that the the tests are so predictive and so accurate uh i like i said I, I felt uh, like I had been kind of you know, well, no, nowhere to hide once my test, test results came back. Um, I want to uh, run through some more kind of real life scenarios on some situations yeah. and people to get to get your spin. Uh, but before I do, uh, let's take care of just a little advertising. Who's uh, your Hometown Heroes is sponsored by Prometheus Consulting. This month of May is a particularly special one for Prometheus, as we've partnered with the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports team to support and manage all their technology infrastructure, both at their headquarters and at the track. And, of course, they've had kind of a rough month uh, with the Hinchcliffe uh, accident, and certainly our thoughts and prayers are... uh, With Hinch and the team, Um, we are honored and humbled to play our own small part in supporting and competing in the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy 500. While your own business might not operate at over 200 miles per hour, Prometheus would still be honored to play a computer support role on your team. Give us a call today at 317-733-2388. Or find us online at Prometheus.com, and that's P like Peter, R-O-M like Mary, dot com. My guest is Amy Woodall. She is communications and customer service trainer with TrustPoint right here in good old Indianapolis. So, so Amy, again, on to um, some real-life scenarios, and I'd like to get your spin, uh, being the, the uh, professional that you are so i can think of one instance the first instance uh, has to do with two employees so we've uh we've been running our company for about 15 years so i'm going to go go way back so i'm not stepping on any current toes <laughs> but we had um two employees that quite frankly didn't like each other didn't get along very well now the the first thing i i would note about this situation is as the business owner i didn't I didn't find out until way late and that's kind of been my experience. I don't know if that's because I'm the owner or something in in my own behaviors and makeup, but I I found out pretty late. But I'm I'm almost ashamed to admit that how I dealt with that when I heard these two people don't get along, I just I I kind of ignored it because I I guess my own maybe call it baggage or approach is that um, we're professionals you know we don't we're not here to necessarily like people we're here to work as a team and i i saw getting along with someone maybe on a personal level and conflicting that way as completely separate uh, from working professionally but that's just the way maybe i Approach my professional life. And sure enough, you know, we lost one of the people soon after that. And uh, what can you tell me about that situation?
1: It is a common one that I would say nine times out of ten, I've heard this with organizations when we go in and say, okay, how can we implement DISC into your environment as part of a communication tool? And you're right, for some people, they can work and be effective and relationships don't come in to play necessarily for them. But for others, it's highly important that there is a, a level of trust or a level of understanding with the people that they work around. And if you're familiar with five dysfunctions of a team, Patrick Lencioni had written that book. Um, it does say that if trust isn't there, ultimately results will will start to crumble. Uh, Disc wraps in really well with five dysfunctions uh, too. But for some people, um, really the issue isn't, oh, I need them to like me. It is that I do not trust that this person has my back and my best interest in mind. And most of the time, it is that their discs are polar opposite. Hmm. But those human beings think that that behavior is done almost purposeful, almost just despite them. And that's not the case. Um, and they they sort of, yeah, we judge and are like, oh, they do it on purpose, they're just being such a jerk. And truly, most of the time, it is that they do not understand who the other person is as a human being.
0: Well, this is curious to me because, so the DISC profiles you said are, are might be polar opposite. Could be. Yet, we tend to marry the polar opposite this is true that's interesting
1: i always joke that when intimacy invol- is involved somehow we're willing to be like oh great uh, i love people you hate people let's get married uh, <laughs> but when we work alongside someone like that we want to throat punch them and really i think it's because we tend to we kind of lose the human aspect of who they are and we just sort of see the the behavior, the glaring behavior, and it's because we haven't gotten to know their personality, we haven't gotten to know their story, and where did I hear, I don't even know who to accredit this to, um, but I heard someone say recently, it's hard to hate anyone whose story you know. Mm. And so, you know, on that level at work, if there's not trust there, you're not diving deeper into that relationship, and so those behaviors as different, as they are, are so glaring and, and so offensive sometimes, even though that's not the intention.
0: That's interesting. Uh, let me throw another uh, s- uh, real life scenario. Um, I've noticed over time as a, uh, in the in the consulting, I, th- I typically think of myself as a consultant maybe above uh, any other title. Um, and I'm sure this is very common. We've all had this situation where we're giving our best advice and we're really doing our best to solve a problem and we see the client's eyes glaze over Mm. like I'm not listening anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, Is that maybe because we're talking to a high D and we're giving too much detail or what, what might be going on?
1: Um, This is a great question. And I think, (sighs) uh, this happens a lot when we're working with customers or prospects. Uh, we are going in and selling or talking or you know, trying to build trust in the way that we like to, right? Mom always said, go treat people the way you wanna be treated. And God love mom, but that's not correct because everybody wants to be treated differently, but how do we know that? Yeah. And that's really where becoming a student of DISC and learning and, and, you know, h- will help you in that. But when someone's eyes glaze over, they're obviously disengaged, they're disconnected, they've shut down. And most people don't recognize it or they don't recognize what to do about it. And so maybe you're overloading them with detail and they don't care about that. Uh, maybe you're overloading them with personal information and they don't care about your personal information, they're not there to be your friend. Maybe you're moving too slowly and they want you to speed up. Uh, maybe you're trying to force them to make a decision too quickly and they're not about it. And so there's so many wrongs that could be there. Mm. Um, but when you recognize and understand that language, you're gonna say, oh, I get it, they're a high S. And they're scared to make decisions and they're really loyal to the person they're already working with. And and so you can start to figure out what roadblocks you're going to come up against. And anytime you have the ability to be proactive, you just have so much more control over those situations. It's like you have talked about the elephant in the room before it shows up. Mm. Then you can throw a saddle on that thing and ride it around. I mean, that's a lot of fun.
0: My guest is Amy Woodall. She is a communications and customer service trainer with TrustPoint right here in good old Indianapolis. Amy, um, if someone wants to work with you, how do they set about doing that? How does that relationship start, and, and what does it look like?
1: A lot of it is just a conversation. It's just, you know, let's sit down, and, and I have a lot of questions to ask people. What have you experienced in the past? What have you tried that, that hasn't worked? And so it really just start, starts with a phone call or a sit-down meeting. Um, from time to time, we do public workshops. Those are, you know, once in, in a great while, and so sometimes people can come in and, and test drive those. Um, but really, it just starts with with a phone call.
0: Mm hmm. And I assume, you know, it, I think of uh, and I don't say this to to belittle well, what you do or this might sound weird, but I, I think of uh, a fortune teller, you know, sitting down with you sometimes <laughs> feels like a fortune teller, except you nail everything like you. You have so much insight. And I I would think just a conversation with you um would really pique the interest of a, of a lot of professionals. And you know, it's, I find myself like, I wanna learn more. Like, what, you know, maybe Amy can give me the keys to kind of unlock who I am. I, it's just self, self-awareness, you know?
1: That's true. I, I will, I love to tell people there is no one specific behavioral style that's the most successful. People always want to think it's the D. Oh, the D, the driver. Um, that's not true. The people who are the most successful in this world are the ones who have the most self-awareness and they're willing to learn about others.
0: Hmm, Do we, a, as we learn about ourselves and become self-aware, so we've said I'm a high I, I'm a, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. I would probably, um, because I'm a little of a perfectionist, I want to kind of in my heart of hearts. Let's go work on the D, let's work on all the other stuff. Is that a mistake? Should we stick with our strengths generally?
1: It here. Here, My advice is always learn other people. Learn how to recognize other people, what it is that they need you to show up and do your best to adjust. I'm not saying you have to become another person, but do your best to try and meet their behavior somewhere in the middle. Um, then, that's where you're going to build that trust there. I'm no, it is impossible to think that whatever your low is is it going to be your high. I mean, I'm telling you what you have hated from age of 3, you'll probably hate until age 90. Yeah. Um it's it is a good thing for us to work on ourselves, but really the key to success is saying, how can we show up, you know, the way other people need us to? And and that you have to know what that means. <laughs> you have yeah. to know how do they need you to show up? So
0: Yeah, well, speaking of showing up, I'm very glad that you showed up. This has been a great conversation. My guest has been Amy Woodall, communications and customer service trainer with TrustPoint. Amy, thanks so much for being my guest today. It was a pleasure.
1: Perfect, thank you for having me.
0: Okay, we'll see you next time.